when I was manic, shall we say, mm. I just wrote that off as sure you're in great form. And so mm. what if you're, you know, breaking into your sister's house to clean it for her when she's away? That's totally normal. <laughs> that was something you did, Arlene, wasn't it? Seri- uh, well, I like to clean. I'm not going to lie to you. Jesus, kind of, <laughs> Arlene, you won't have to break into my place. I leave the key out for you. <laughs> Good man, no problem. Go mad. This is Straight Talk and Mental Health. We're all about tackling everyday mental health issues and not so everyday mental health issues, as we will be discussing on our episode later on as we talk about bipolar. We discussed it before with Pam, but everyone's story is different. And we're going to speak to Arlene and she's going to fill us in on her experience with it and her history of eating disorders. So really looking forward to that. If you're first time listening to the show, it says it all there. It's in the title, Straight Talk on Mental Health. That's what we like to do. And when I say we, I talk about myself, Alan Clark. Believe it or not, I am actually a psychotherapist. And joining me is the very groggy Michelle Maguire. Hello. How are you, dude? How are you? <laughs> All right. You wake another, yet? Another chance. Um, lucky to be here episode. <laughs> <laughs> the meds had you zonked last week. Your bed has you zonked this week. Oh, sure, look at I don't know. I can't keep up to it. Like, it's just weeks go by so fast and there's mm. just not enough hours in the day but um yeah busy week you? yeah busy but good like you know just busy at work um really don't actually have any crack like to report this mine, week. mine is crack the anti-crack uh no not really like just yeah had a good week at work and Frank Aldi weekend is coming, you know, so I'm going to see my <laughs> friends for the first time in oh, cool. a really long time, which I'm excited about. But um, I'm probably going to be really boring this week, so I'm just like, did I do what since we recorded last week? No. <laughs> How were you after last week? You were, you weren't, the ba- <laughs> oh, you cut the grass. I said oh, the I parents were fucking delighted, are they? <laughs> um, did they kill you into it, did they? No, 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 it's just my new thing now, do you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, embraced it. How am I after last week? Grand, yeah, not a bother, thank God. Mm. Um, How long did it take you to catch back up with yourself? You, you forgot your meds last week. Day. Yeah. yeah. Bounce back. Thank God. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah, it was really weird. I don't know. I was talking to my doctor today, actually, so I'm going to maybe, I don't know, come up with a plan. It's probably going to take about six months to wean, to know, fully. Jesus, yeah, yeah. But with the end goal of coming off them completely, is it? Oh, yeah, sure. Like, that was the plan last year, but sure, it didn't work out. Like, you know. The meds just didn't take or lockdown happened, situations changed or? No, what? no. As I said, I, I don't know what episode I said it on, but like I had, you know, we weaned too fast. And I yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, horrible side effects. So I just had to stay on it come to like till a better plan. Yeah. Till, um, so yeah, other than that, no, I was absolutely grand again the next day. It was just one of those really weird things. It's kind of hard to explain. Like I actually said it to my doctor. She was like, she, I, I'd say she thinks I'm mental. And, uh, you know, hence the name yeah, of the yeah. <laughs> I was like, I was like, like, am I making this up? I was like, is this in my head? And she was like, I, I really don't think it's in your head. And I was like, I just feel like, how does this even be happening? But, um. Anyway, so it's unlikely that it's in my head, you know, that I came home and vomited everywhere last weekend, so she just said it's 
I'm just one of those unlucky not, people. Not that psychosomatic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, well, it is all in your head. It's in your fucking brain and <laughs> chemicals and yeah, electricity. Yeah. yeah. So technically um, so, it is. God, I, I, I'll maybe think of something now in a minute. Money after waking up. But uh, here, what <laughs> you was need, You needed a wake like? up call. <laughs> what How did was you say week? How was my week? Yeah, week was okay. Uh, I was up in... Was up with my fair lady at the weekend, up in up the north, where indoor dining is permitted. So I got to go out for dinner, oh, which was a really nice experience. Uh, oh, obviously, lovely. it's been so long, and uh, the situation with starting a relationship uh, during a worldwide pandemic is that was only our first dinner out as as a couple. Bar, bar our first date many moons ago so oh, that, that was a nice experience to actually get dressed up and go out together so yeah that was nice um, some some semblance of normality although my royal uh, one, of, one of my quick royals associated with going out for dinner I've not got a name the place uh, and I feel bad because Ashling loves the place but the staff like literally one of the girls one of the staff one of the waitresses wore her mask as a chin strap the entire time we were there. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, the whole time. Yeah. And the other one then... Reassuring you and making you feel safe. No, and the other one then, when she came up to take your order, took the mask off to talk to you. I'm like, do you not get... Like, seriously, if you're over at the counter, you're on your own, fair enough, take your mask off. When you're coming over to the table to talk to people, leave the mask on. You know, so that was... Uh, that, that that had me roiled. I was like, oh, I just, I just, I just can't look now. I just need to avert, avert my gaze because I'm just getting wound up here of just not understanding how the breathing and respiratory system works. Fuck's sake. Yeah. I actually, speaking of that now, like I actually had a bit of a royal as well during the week with a, a client that came into the practice. Not a usual client of ours. It was an emergency mm. that came in during the night or whatever into your veterinary practice for people that don't yeah. know yeah and these animals were being discharged anyway around that day and it's actually gas because normally you notice it so quickly like I had been off having my lunch and I came back in and he was just sitting there waiting for the dogs but he had no mask on him mm. he never coughed it right <laughs> normally I don't you, you notice it straight away and sometimes what happens is older people come in and they forget but it's genuinely because they forget yeah yeah and yeah. I just get the box I say can I just get you to pop a mask on there and they're like oh my god and they're mortified yeah yeah like, yeah oh my god I can't believe I came in without the mask mm. you know this fella had no mask on him and I honest to god I didn't cough it I just was obviously in my own world and the vet when the vets came out anyway and she obviously noticed it straight away and she was like well, I'm really sorry can I just um, you know ask you to pop your mask on there and he just turned around and he was like yeah no 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 I don't believe in any of that shit and I'm not wearing no face nappy <laughs> Jesus Christ and that was the first time I'd encountered anyone like that you know and I was just like like I, I actually got like, I felt the fire rise up inside mm-hmm. me in that moment. <laughs> like I was, I was a couple of moments away from probably losing my shit with that person and being like, "Well, I believe in it, so get the fuck out." Mm. But um, I didn't, and I just said, "Look, he's at, he's going now, so like, just get him out the fucking door." But like, you forget that people that, that shit's going on all the time because you know when you don't be looking at the comment section in Facebook yeah. anymore. And you, wise, wise choice. Yeah, and, and you forget, like, the mad stuff that, that's mm. going on, you know, and how selfish people are. Um, 
yeah, so that was actually one of my roles now was just pure disregard for, you know. It's very hard then trying to juggle professionalism and just telling them not being a fucking sack. Yeah. No, I didn't say anything in the end. I, yeah. I literally walked away because, but I was, I was so livid. I, I actually chose not to say anything. <laughs> yeah, there's one of them points I, where you know if I do, it's not going to end. But well. also, I was, I was a bit alarmed by the person as well. I thought, I don't think this is the person that you, you speak up to. Mm, mm. You know, um. But anyway, yeah, that was really that was a royal. Didn't have a royal last week, do you know? Yeah. Well, <laughs> your meds was a bit of a royal last week. Oh um, yeah, it was. Yeah, I forgot about that. Mm. Was a, you have a bona fide one this week. Was that your was that just or was that your genuine royal or was that just a oh shit I forgot I had that was a royal as well. No, that's a gen, that's a genuine royal. Now, yeah. Now, actually, I forgot about it momentarily, but like I, you know, it was spoke to me very much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I Sorry, went to I the. I interrupted you anyway, and you were royal, but that's no, not no, no. Actually, they're, they're tied in together. Properly, yeah, you know? and and I went and I wouldn't normally, but I left a review. Um, and I, the food was lovely, but I, I docked it. I was like, you just get your staff to wear their mask, like. And then there was yeah. customers coming in with their hand, no mask, and their hand about, what, eight inches away from their mouth, their face as a mask. Yeah. And it's like, and, but, and, and right at the door is a huge fucking sign saying masks must be worn. They didn't take things very seriously in Northern Ireland no. throughout the whole pandemic, though. No, no. Um, I know that from people who I know who are work who were working up there and who just mm. were. Ah, I seen it. Yeah. Having a nightmare, like absolutely no safety measures taken up during mm. workplaces, and they kind of do their own thing. <laughs> so I'm yeah. not surprised to hear that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I won't be. I won't be rushing back there anywhere with that with that attitude. You so the food good enough that that ah, the food, good. Oh, the food the was smile was the date though that was really nice. Yeah no 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 that was, that was just a, that was a nice thing but um yeah and well the chips were the chips were frozen a little bit undercooked but Ashling <laughs> Ashling had the had the venison she she really enjoyed that so did the chips make it into the review or uh, yeah they the... did yeah chips were undercooked oh, yeah well done yeah well done. yeah chips were undercooked food was nice chips were undercooked <laughs> service was slow uh, so three stars um. I, cu- I couldn't generous. I couldn't yeah nah, you know, I was like well the other, the other bit of food was nice um, I wasn't just going out one star years of fucking shit uh, I, I wouldn't do that because I still need to still need to maintain the business so I was kind of I cut them a little bit of leeway that they're that they're just opening back up um, <laughs> so uh, my other royal is, is related to uh, travelling northbound and every, I'm sure you can relate to this uh, if you're driving country roads. Just inconsiderate drivers, be it tractors or be it drivers going 40 kilometers an hour on a 100 kilometer stretch of road and a string of traffic behind them. Mm. And I can't fathom out whether they're just being absolute dickheads or they're totally oblivious to the three quarters of a mile tailback that they are causing, particularly when there's a hard shoulder to pull in on or yeah. there's an opportunity to pull over. It's just, and obviously, as I as I drive further that further distance, you know, it's it's it happens more and more often. Do you remember the um? There was, it was a good few years ago now. There was a guy who got did he lose his license or it was some very strict penalty anyway for creating a eight mile tailback? 
Jesus. That, I, I remember that because I remember reading that news story. I was on, I want to say it was on like the road from, anyway, I can't remember. It was some main road somewhere. And like that, he, you know, you're, cause you're, you're legally not allowed to do that. Like at some point you have to um, pull in and, and mm. the traffic off. Something like an eight mile tail match. He got a very serious penalty for it, but Good. I remember that time reading that going, Oh, that's given me some joy to read that. <laughs> <laughs> I remember reading before, is it Australia or New Zealand or something that if there's something like six cars behind you, you have to you have to pull in. Uh, perhaps some yeah. of our listeners down that end. We have listeners down that end of the world. Let us know if that is the case. But but I, I do suffer with that every morning because I, I have a back road. Mm. Well, it's not a back road. It's actually a national secondary road and it's actually a really busy road because every morning to work and it is a, the scourge of my life. Mm. Like, I don't let try and let it get to me. I put a podcast on, but it's very annoying. Um, well, it's also very dangerous because you create a tailback and then people are getting impatient and they try and overtake and, they and they're taking pace. chances yeah. that, you know, you wouldn't normally take. And of course, they come off the worst of it, but it's caused by someone that's, just inconsiderate toward other road users. Yeah. That's it. That's um, it. Yeah, so I, I can feel your, feel your pain. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're feeling it. I thought, I, thought, I thought you might relate. I think T, P, P's middle-aged man, you know, we'd, we'd, we'd get this, like, you know, <laughs> he, he'd be rightly riled by this now. <laughs> but yeah. unfortunately, I don't, I, actually, I don't even know if he got his horn back working. He didn't even have a horn the last, the last we spoke. I don't know if he was going to bother getting it fixed or not. Um, so... He would definitely be a grumpy old man with me on, 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 but, you on know, that I one. I just find it causes so much stress. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. I remember when I first started working on the road, oh, my God, the stress I had every day trying to just get from A to B, like, mm. oh, my God almighty. I, I'd never forget it. It was so stressful. And then I, I, I remember just having to go, like, it doesn't matter what happens. You just get there at what time because... I used to get so worked up like that if I had an appointment at such a time mm. and I was stuck mm. behind some prick excuse my language like yeah. that or and and i used to get so worked up and i eventually just obviously with experience you know when you're <laughs> oh you have well to and, yeah, oh, have I to. in such a state and eventually like i don't know how i managed to bring myself around but i was like you know what there's nothing worth dying over mm. and or getting yourself into an absolute state so obviously then with experience i learned you know and i'd be like right if i'm held up beside someone i pick up the phone i ring them and say i'm really sorry but i'm going to be 10 minutes late Nobody ever dies. It's always mm. usually fine. You never know that at the start. You know what I mean? And you're like risking life and limb. Yeah. Um, trying to be Nigel Mantle there going down the back <laughs> You didn't choose Lewis Hamilton for that analogy. <laughs> no, I always throw it back to the old school. Oh, Nigel. Good old Nigel with the moustache. Yeah, that was some epic moustache. Mm. I love that clip of, uh, did you see that clip of Murray Walker? When he, uh, he Mansell banged his head, he had a had a big injury and he had a fucking massive lump on his head with the size of a golf ball. <laughs> and Murray Walker lifts up the hat and he goes, "Oh, and you've just got it!" And he accidentally poked him right in the bump, right in the lump on his forehead. Uh, it's a it's a great clip. Did you did you get to listen to that uh, Beyond the Grid? Did you get to listen to the podcast? I actually didn't. I oh, I've been listening to a few of them, that, yeah. and that's and that's another one with smiles. Oh my god, the stories. Um, the ones I've listened to Prost talking about the battle with Senna Christian yeah, yeah. Horner talking just as the day Ricardo announced he was leaving for Renault uh, was when they were recording the interview but uh, Robert Kubica was on the second one um, for anyone who doesn't know Robert Kubica Polish Formula 1 driver uh, basically lacerated his hand off in a, in a rally accident um, 
and kind of at, at the peak. But he was saying he was actually signed for Ferrari the following season. He was due to go to Ferrari um, okay. and had that accident in the rally and said in the, and said in the interview that something told him that they, oh, I really don't want to do this. Nah, I couldn't be arsed with this now. I've kind of had enough of it. Um, and he went. And that was it. Yeah. Basically, yeah. it was it his left, his one of left hand, I think, just basically useless. It's just a, yeah. just a kind of appendage at the end of at the end of his arm, with no function in it. Um, very very sad. Um, and he had that huge crash in Canada. Did you, did you see that one where he just went yeah. flying? For anyone that hasn't seen it, uh, check out Robert Kubica crash at Canada. And he walked away and there wasn't a bottom. He went into the hospital and he said, like, the doctor was like, we need to examine you. He's like, I'm fine. He's like, we need to examine you. And he kept telling them he's fine. And they're like, we're not letting you go. He said, you have to be in pain. He's like, I'm not in any pain. And the doctors wouldn't believe him. And then they scanned him. I was like, there's nothing wrong with you. He's like, yeah, I know. I told you. It's like, I'm fine. It's incredible. Like, the, the G-force that he hit that wall at and he was airborne. And so they're fascinating stories. So on the day this goes out, which will be the eighth, it is our birthday. The eighth of June last year, we put out our first, our first three episodes. So happy birthday! Yeah, happy birthday to the Straight Talk and Mental Health Podcast. Uh, I think P's off on holiday, so I don't even know if if he'll be aware of that. But yeah, we put out the first three episodes. Um, this day, this day one year ago. So yeah, just cop the cop the date on that. The good old photo memories or facebook memories or something oh, came yeah, up yeah. um so that reminded me and my other smile is cammy new son cameron who we had on the show talking about social media or after his article uh he's finished second year so he has his diploma in journalism uh, one more to go for his for his degree so great great achievement for him and um, i struggle with the concept of pride I, you know i think i think pride can be very conditional so i'd always say to the kids you should be very proud of yourself because yeah. I don't need a reason to be proud of them. Like, you know, yeah. Like, I take them, take them, take them on their own for how they are. Like, you know, I think pride yeah. can be. Uh, it's just a concept I struggle with. So I, I just take them as they are and tell them to be proud of themselves for, for what they've achieved. So good man, Cammy. You know, two years down and one more to go, and then he has his plan all made out. He's saving. He's fucking off to Australia. He's out here. <laughs> and he's dead right too I'm like yeah you're absolutely right go for it yeah yeah so that's that's me smiles and royals how about yourself we got your we got your royal any smiles uh, for any smiles do you know what I had lots of lovely little smiles this week I have to admit lovely. Um, just some really nice animals at work well they're always always nice but mm. like I'm just a professional animal cuddler <laughs> <laughs> Whilst everyone else is that's in the job title is it <laughs> real work done I'm just going around basically cuddling and shifting dogs <laughs> cuddling and shifting dogs <laughs> I mean I'm obsessed you know um, but no like just you know just just had some really really nice um, animals in and I'd imagine that's a bit of a double edged sword though is it in terms of yes you can have those smiles with them but the other side of uh, a veterinary practice is you don't always get that and sometimes no, you have you the don't. other end of it and I'm I'm real shit when people lose their, their patients like mm. it's, kind of, it's probably a reason why I never really worked in companion animal as a nurse myself mm. very little like <clears throat> today exactly for were you equine or large animal what did, what did you do 
equine and, and, little, and large animals. Yeah. Well, yeah. But um, today, for example, um, unfortunately, you know, one of our clients lost their pet and it was very sad. And I was bringing them in to see their pet. Mm. And they were also upset, and I had to leave the room because I couldn't be there. Oh yeah, and I didn't know this animal. I mm. know these people, but like, there's just something about seeing grown men and women cry that like I can't cope with. I, mm. I'm such a sympathy crier. What does that <laughs> even mean? Just like, I empathy, just, I think, buddy. <laughs> I was getting so upset. I genuinely was like, this is why I don't work in large in mm. animals. So I just, um, I actually had to go out, and I had to get the nurse, and I was like, here, can can we swap? So I, I can't be in there bawling and roaring with these poor mm. creatures. Like. Mm. And she was like, no, yeah, no problem. And I was like, I'm so sorry. Like, I actually had to do that. I said, look, mm. these people are here to collect their child, you know, or uh, not, but mm-hmm. it is to a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, said, of course it they is. They are so upset. And I wasn't prepared for that. Mm. They'd had a lot of preparation. They would knew what would happen. But like, and it wasn't like, it wasn't an old animal. You know, it was mm. a tragic Yeah, okay. Loss. Yeah, yeah. So, um, oh, that I was just like, and then I had to, like, I had to apologize to the nurse after. So I was like, Laura, I'm so sorry, but like, I couldn't deal with that. She was like, oh my God, that was very sad though. And I was like, I I was getting upset in front of them. So I had to leave. Like, that's not professional. Got to show you care. Um, But yeah, so that's not a nice side. But like, I wouldn't be like that every day. I don't know. Maybe I'm due my period or something. <laughs> not usually. I, I suspect in a few days I'll get my period and I'll be like, ha ha. There you go. <laughs> That's what it was all That's about. It. Yeah, do you know? Yeah. Um, but it is. It is very sad, and you know, I know you had you had your lab, and I had I had a Labrador I had to get rid of because of James and his asthma. And thankfully, I found he went to the farm. Literally, he went to a, he went to a very good farm. He went to my yeah. friend Claire. Her brother took him onto a dairy farm, or took her onto a dairy farm. But I bawled my eyes out. I oh, bawled so my eyes hard, out having yeah. to give her away. Like um, she'd been there for me seven years yeah. as a as a companion and no oh, jesus it was horrendous for me yeah no they are they're just i mean that's why they're called companion animals mm, you know what i mean mm. that's, that's what the, how they're oh perfect description to. yeah and um but no we, and the other smile then is uh we had a kitten who uh, was a stray um the mother is a stray and and this lady i don't know was she looking after them or feeding them or whatever but the mother anyway had abandoned one of the kittens so she had been in contact with an animal charity and they contacted us and asked us would we get the kitten back on its feet and get it ready for rehoming so this kitten has been a therapy kitten oh, all wow. of us at work all week like she's he's <laughs> so cute and he's so tiny mm. um and he's just gas he's re- like he's really cute and we called him garfunkel <laughs> <laughs> yeah so um Anytime any of us had a bit of a break, um, we'd all go in and have a little snuggle and a play with Garfunkel for five minutes. <laughs> and it's just, I mean, it's so good for the soul, you know. Mm. So that was a really good smile. And the other one, um, I've got a few little small smiles, actually, was I love reading. But with my mental health issues mm. there the last few years, I've not been great to read. Like I, I definitely have seven books on my nightstand and I'm halfway through them all like my concentration just doesn't exist right it's, it's mm. slow so I would listen I've been listening to a lot of books rather mm. than reading which is really weird for me but anyway to put a long story short a friend that I a friend of mine I was just looking through her Instagram story the other night and she had um, you know she was on the beach reading a book and I was like oh what are you reading and uh, so we got chatting about books then anyway so she's given me a really she recommended a series which I actually started then 
um, that night. Mm. And I'm really enjoying it. So sure. I feel like this is going to be my way back to reading. Lovely. Um, it's, I'm going to have to tell you now what it is because you'll be like, oh, it must be really good, Michelle, because you don't know the name of the book. <laughs> um, I'm Googling it here now. The, all right. So it's there. The books are called um, Lucinda Riley is the author. Now, I just looked the Seven Sisters books because that's kind of what they are. Mm. Um, so I think the first one is actually called The Seven Sisters. And there are seven books. Um, so basically I'm very early on into it, but I, I'm really enjoying it already. Like there's a lot of intrigue and I'll just give you a very, where are you now gone? Oh, you're there. Uh, like it's about the seven sisters who are all adopted by this man and they're named after, uh, constellation, the seven sisters, which mm. was named after Greek mythological mm -hmm. goddesses. So, um, it's, I'm already really interested. So I think it has a lot of like, uh, from what I can gather, there's a lot of like, you know, it goes forward in time and kind of back in time. And mm -hmm. you have to find, you know, it's a bit of a mystery and a great escapism. So I oh. already know I'm going to enjoy it. And there's, there'll be a bit of like historical fiction in it as well. Do you know ah, nice. Yeah, yeah. Thank you yeah. for that. So that's a, a, a big It's great when you get lured back into a book and it's just like, oh, and you look and forward you know, to reading it. Yeah, and do you know what I find? If you read a few bad books, then it kind of puts you off and you're like, geez, I suffered through that now. That's mm. two hours of my life now. I can't mm. never get back. Why didn't I fucking stop reading it? <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's a good thing because um, I actually had uh, an appointment yesterday with my clinical psychologist. And one of the things we were talking about was the things that I do in my life that I really enjoy. Mm. And I was like, Jesus, I kind of lost all of them reading i said was a huge one mm. so that's a big tick for me now so hopefully you know next week i'll be able to say right finish that book it was <laughs> class <laughs> lovely or i'll be saying nah reading's over for me <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so that's kind of my smile so look overall pretty good week life we'll, is good we'll take it we'll take it yeah so before we get into our interview with Arlene around bipolar and our history of eating disorders, etc., get into the correspondence as we usually do. This is the feedback that we get from yourselves. Um, a big shout out to Alex, Alex Kenny on iTunes. Unfortunately, we don't check that too much. Uh, that used to be left up to Peter. And I just remembered it today. I go, oh shit, I better check that because <laughs> Peter, as we know, is uh, working away at the background when he can. So a big shout out to Alex for the five star review on iTunes. If you have mental health issues or know someone who is going through difficult times and want to better understand their feelings, thoughts, this is a great podcast to listen to. Lifting the veil on mental health has been a huge moment in my life. Great work, guys. And that's the five star review from Alex. If you like what you hear, you can check us out on all your podcast providers. iTunes does give you the option to rate and review. If you could leave the five star reviews, that'd be great. You don't even have to say anything. Just hit that five star. That makes a huge difference because obviously people like yourself that may have come across the podcast for the first time, they see that and go, oh, that has five star reviews. That looks pretty good. Maybe you should listen to that. And, you know, as Alex has said, and as so many of our correspondents have said, that's that's a huge, uh, huge thing that there's a lot of learning in, in what we talk about from the stories that from the guests that we have on. So a big thanks, Alex. Thanks for checking out um, the podcast on iTunes as where everyone else can and then a big shout out to i got this wrong a couple of weeks ago or i'm going to get it wrong now so <laughs> it's either shauna or sienna uh i can't how's it spelled s-e-a-n-a -A. 
S E A N A. Yeah. Shauna. Is it? Yeah, that's that's yeah. what I'm seeing now. Yeah. So I think. Shauna. Yeah, she had um, she had contacted us a couple of weeks ago with some feedback. Um, before I get oh, she actually had one for you. If I can, let me just let me just find this uh, for a few minutes. She was agreeing with you um, around what was that brown bottle, stubby bottle thing you were drinking a few weeks ago on episode Kombucha. one. Kabucha, yeah. yeah. Um, she she was joining you in your um, in your love affair with with that. I mean, I may have taken it slightly too far with the kombucha. Is it not? Is it not cutting the mustard for you? Well, it is, but like I'm an extremist, unfortunately, in everything I do. So I'm like, <laughs> boom, kombucha. It's good for this. It's good for that. It's good for the other. Drink it all the time, and like, it's full of fucking sugar. So I may as well oh, drink cans of coke. Well, n- now it's not the same as drinking cans of coke. So I had to check myself. Before you yeah. wrecked yourself. Before I wrecked myself. <laughs> One of my all-time favorite tunes, Ice Cube. Um, and uh, yeah, take a pull on that. But no, I'm, I'm still drinking it, but just more um, sensibly, as it were. Oh, here we go. So, Sienna, Shauna, my sincerest Shauna. apologies. I know I'm going to fuck it up one way or the other. I think it's I think it's Shauna. So as you were as you were singing the praises of kombucha a few weeks ago, Shauna had left the and this is my particular favorite piece. I think in in all the correspondence we've got, she says kombucha and then in asterisks chef's kiss. So mwah, kombucha oh, yeah. has saved my stomach. Also helps with hangovers. Um, yeah, and then she says. Uh, the kombucha kombucha with added CBD is the elite so if you haven't been on that dude maybe maybe that's one for you to to check out no I do no offence to Shauna now but I do think that CBD is a load of absolute wank (laughs) do you know what you um, need to do dude tell us how you really feel <laughs> now th- this is it. Now you're getting into it. This is the this is the straight talk. But like you know, everyone to themselves. Like yeah, I mean, yeah. I tried it. Like a big Egypt there one time when I was in the pure depths of craziness, mm. and I like, mm. and it cost me like, I'm pretty sure it's the guts of ninety quid for a bottle. Like what, what a dope. Looking back, now, how much I'm is like, in that? How much for how much? <laughs> this is fucking small. I was like, they saw me coming. But anyway, no, absolutely no evidence that it does anything. The stuff you're buying in the health food shops here, anyway. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Mm. It's just, it's just capitalism at its best <laughs> well at least there's people like yourself and Shauna yeah <laughs> yeah okay Shauna sent a message after last week's episode with Dave what did you think of uh, last week's episode and you would resonate for yourself around what Dave was what Dave was saying um, as we discussed alcohol I did yeah like I, I guess I the thing that stood out to me I suppose when I mentioned this to you in text messages afterwards mm-hmm. was you know how that you know how Dave's fought father had an affair um, mm. and he quite clearly and, and, and very openly still does to this day blame his what would be now his stepmother I suppose mm. um, <clears throat> and I always find that interesting because um, I remember you know an extramarital affair in my extended family when I was quite a young teenager mm. and thinking that you know about who was to blame and bla- you know blaming and then I always thought it was gas and I grew up then and I was like is that gas that I thought that, that was one person's fault do you know mm, mm. Um, so I did I, I thought that was just you know but that's obviously in Dave's instance it's his pain um, I do believe that usually women 
you said we spoke about this and you said no it's usually who the, ever the other partner is but mm. I probably don't really agree with that I think women are definitely blamed a bit more we're conditioned societally to think to treat women as the seducers and the temptresses and you know it goes back to way back to Eve making yeah, yeah. Adam eat that yeah. fucking apple <laughs> but um, you know I, I do think women do get a a raw deal when it comes to those things so i found mm -hmm. that for me that's what stood out and i know that's probably a really small small part of everything he discussed but i guess as a woman that's what i heard yeah, absolutely yeah. yeah but that's the point of what stood out for you yeah i yeah. made the point to you um and it's actually interesting because a client uh actually made a, a comment around something very similar to me during the week i made the the comment that the child will traditionally blame the other partner regardless of gender so if your mother had a fair you, you know the child will usually blame uh, the other man if your father had a fair the child will typically blame the other woman because they need to maintain a relationship with the parent yes, and they can't they can't direct all of that anger toward the parent no because course, that wouldn't be yeah. safe for them so the other the other party tends to be the one that cops that the, and a client had mentioned to me during the week we, we spoke about uh, familial uh, sexual abuse particularly around uh, parental sexual abuse where the, the parent sexually abuses a child and they had made the comment as that the child will always always want to be just loved by the parent regardless and I've seen it so many times throughout their life regardless of what the parents have done to that child nine times out of ten they just keep going back they keep going back they keep going yeah. back there's still that child in them wanting to be loved and yeah. accepted by by the parent regardless of the horrific and vile things that the parents have done they, they so often just keep going back as because that yeah. child still is looking for that maybe love that's and acceptance. something we can talk about that i feel like that that's a whole podcast in itself totally you know? yeah yeah, um, yeah. so that's that's what stood out for you what stood out for shauna hmm. or, <laughs> or sienna <laughs> um hey guys i compelled to message you after just finishing the episode on alcoholism I'm a 28-year-old woman from Belfast. I grew up with a functioning, in quotation marks, alcoholic father who always needed to know where and when he was able to access drink, even at school parent-teacher meetings. He would joke with teachers about needing a bar at these events. When I was 24, I had a horrendous night out where I drank nine Jaeger bombs. This resulted in a lot, capital letters, of vomiting, being carried out of the bar and vowing to never drink again, which I did. I stopped drinking alcohol, mainly because I had seen the hold it had on my dad, who tried at least once a year to go sober. He would fall off and on the wagon, and it was heartbreaking to watch. Still is. The point being, when David spoke about people's reactions to him not drinking, it hit home. I'm fed up explaining to people why I don't drink. The simple answer of, I don't like feeling drunk, isn't enough. It takes me to say, my dad's an alcoholic, and I don't like how it changes me, for them to leave me alone. But of course, an answer like that yeah. makes everything awkward. Anyways, I really enjoyed this episode and I felt like I could really relate to what David was saying about being a social drinker. I enjoy wee Baileys at Christmas with my Christmas dinner and a wee blue wicket when the sun is shining. However, mm -hmm. I don't like being drunk. I like myself and my personality bet, better as a sober person. This episode is really was really, really good, as they all are. But as soon as I saw the Insta post for this one, I got excited. Imagine being excited for alcoholism. Haha. <laughs> Anyways, love the podcast and you guys are amazing. Thanks, oh, Shauna. Really yeah, yeah. Really good. yeah. Glad you yeah. That, 
Yeah, she's uh, a woman after Ashling's heart. Bit Bailey's and a blue wicked. She goes mm-hmm. fucking mad after two Baileys. <laughs> Hung over the next day. <laughs> it's like, ooh, you bad bitch. <laughs> she thinks she's the bad bitch. It's like, listening to one fucking Lizzo song and drinking two Baileys does not a bad bitch make. <laughs> <laughs> Go mad and have four blue wickets. Ooh. <laughs> I'm going to be fucking lynched for this. <laughs> and, you know, I'm, I'm you know, if I'm, uh, you know, I relate to Sean's story there with having uh, an alcoholic parent and, you know, I usually show very little um, compassion to anyone that wakes up hungover the next day. Um, but I was like, can't be fucking mad at her. See, two glasses of Baileys. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. like, I look after you. You know, Jesus, yeah. you poor thing. Like, it's not like she went on the fucking lash. Jesus, where's That's- that? Where's that full bottle of vodka gone? <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, you've only yourself to blame. <laughs> yeah. So go. thanks. Thanks very much, Shauna. Now joining us as guest on this week's episode, as we mentioned earlier on, we have Arlene Bailey. Arlene, a singer from my home county, the thoroughbred county of Kildare. Arlene, you got in contact um, because we were discussing bipolar and you'd also mentioned uh, history of eating disorder. Fascinating topics which are always, uh, always need more coverage regardless of whatever, whatever media that may be. Before we get into all of that, Arlene, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure can, yeah. I didn't realise you were a, a Kildare man, Alan. Oh yeah, yeah. That. Yeah. Well yeah. well it depends it depends on the situation, Arlene. I'm I, I'm mixed race. Right. I'm I'm half dub and half culty, yeah. so whichever side suits me. <laughs> I totally I, get I, I pull the card whenever I need to. Exactly. I do remember one time actually I was uh, doing a gig in Cheltenham and somebody uh, he was from Kildare, a guy came up and asked me where exactly I was from. Mm. And, uh, well, I'm from Salins, but mm. I always say I'm kind of half Nace, I'm half Salins, because my, my mom is Salins, my dad was from Nace. Mm. But um, I then happened to mention where exactly in Nace I was from, and he turned mm. on his heels and walked away, so I obviously should have gone with Salins that day. <laughs> <laughs> and not Nace. I don't know. Anyway, yeah, so I'm a, I'm a proud Gildare woman. And, uh, yeah, I left home, Alan, at, I, I was just, uh, I just turned 17 when I left. I joined a band. I hit the road, as my mother described it, as uh, it was like I left the circus, or, or sorry, I left and joined the circus. Mm. I, I, I upped and went and I didn't look back. And for about 13 years, I travelled back and forth. I toured the States, I toured Europe, I uh, spent six months in the Middle East, I did a couple of albums in Nashville. I occasionally came home and, and worked or just kind of rested for a bit here and there, but... Um, yeah, it was kind of a hectic, a hectic schedule, and I didn't really have any downtime. I suppose mm. overall, like, again, when I say I came home for periods of time, it was maybe four or five days, mm. but it was very full on. And yeah, I suppose I was a very impressionable teenager at the time, exposed mm. to the big bad world, and that wouldn't. I don't think that that did me any favors, really. In one mm. way, it was a, it was a brilliant experience. In another way, it was I think detrimental to my mental health. How so, Arlene? Um, I, without going too into it, Alan, I suppose at that time I had limited control. And that's, I suppose, where the, the food issue came into play. You know mm. yourself, when it comes to eating disorders, generally it's not about food, mm. it's about control. Absolutely. So yeah. I found myself several times, uh, you know, over a period of time, using the phrase, I'll show you. And I'd say to myself, I may not be able to control this situation, but by Jesus, I can tr- control what goes down my neck, mm. you know. And I, again, I wouldn't even, 
It's a bit vague. I don't know that I could turn around and say I suffered from anorexia, but I definitely had a distorted eating pattern for, you know, for a lot of, for a long time. Mm. What would that have looked like then, Arlene? What would that distortion have looked like? I suppose at the time I was, I was on stage. I was Mm. in hot pants at times. I was in very small outfits and you're Mm. leaving yourself open there to be scrutinized by people. Um, And I do remember somebody coming up to me one night after a gig and saying, you must be really embarrassed. And I said, why? You know, I was about 19 at the time Mm. because you're the fattest. You're the fattest in the band. Jesus Christ. It was an all-girl band at the time. And now, to be fair, I was eight stone. I I kind of, I was always in or around that sort of weight. There was nothing of me, really. Like, there was nothing, Mm. you know. If it was puppy fat, that was it, you know. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so... when, you, when you're young and you listen to stuff like that, it plays on your mind, you know. Um, but look, that wasn't really, it was something that came in waves, Alan. It was something that I controlled. And I suppose then when things got really tough, it would rear its head again. And then flash forward to, um, uh, God, about four years ago when I was somewhere between a size four to six. Um, oh. I was I was tiny. I was bu- buying clothes, actually, in the children's department mm. in Dunn stores for boys aged nine to ten for my holidays i remember going in buying shorts there because i couldn't buy them anywhere else and like i i was getting compliments from people or so i thought but what i was really getting was jesus christ you've turned into a totally different looking person at this point Mm. i was i was minute i was highly stressed i was going through a divorce um you know and there was a few other bits and pieces that when i look back now and knowing that i've been diagnosed with bipolar disorder that i can see I can see triggers, I can see patterns, I can see things that, you know, and I wasn't aware at the time that that was what was going on at the back of it all. Mm. Prior to those comments uh, on the music scene, Arlene, was, had you ever been self-conscious around your weight or, you know, no more than your average teenage girl or did that set it off or was there something there that that, that, that just pushed the button on? Uh, there was something there and I'd say kind of from the age of 15, I recall... Um, Myself and my best friend at school, we'd do things like we'd eat an apple at lunchtime and then we'd have to walk it off. So we'd have this routine where we might walk up and down the length and breadth of, of Nace mm. several times over just to, to water, work off the, the small bit of food that we'd eaten. Like it was mm. a very messed up mindset. And I can only imagine, I really feel for kids now with the, the onslaught of Instagram and, you know, all this kind of stuff that they're exposed to because it must be, it must be 10 times worse for for people growing up now. And was it that yourself and your friend, you kind of fed into each other? Excuse the pun, but... Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, I think so. But, um, yeah, again, it was something that I I saw a, a counsellor for years ago, and, you know, I was suffering from depression from the age of 15, so there was always something. There was mm. always something going on. And it was when I turned 40, I said to myself, you know what, I don't want to be a miserable owl one. I have to get things <laughs> sorted out. For once and for all, mm. I'm going to get to the root of this. So between, you know, having seen psychotherapists and counsellors for bits and bobs in the past, I said, no, this time I'm really now, I'm going to my GP. I'm going to say, this is how I feel. Refer me to the right people and see what we can do. And she did. And here I am well today done. at the root of, of the problem. Mm. So... But the, it it goes back it goes back some time for you, Arlene. You, you know, fifteen, being depressed, 
Yeah, it's a, that's quite a young age to be going through uh, such an experience like that. And I feel, to be honest, and I feel like I've I've imposter syndrome right now. Like, <laughs> if you How know so? what I mean, I'm kind of like you're not sick enough to be talking about this kind of thing. Get off the get off the air, Arlene. <laughs> okay, like, yeah. I was a master of disguise. Mm. Nobody really knew what was going on with me, and it was only I suppose in the last couple of years that I spoke to family members about things and I said look I don't know if you're aware but you know this is how I felt this is what I've gone through in the past um yeah I just kind of I kept a lot to myself you know mm. and I'm torn here between <coughs> being brutally honest with you or giving you the watered down version to shield we'll, we'll take brutal honesty Arlene as that much way. as you're comfortable <laughs> with but do do whatever you need yeah. to do to, to feel safe in that but story Arlene, and could I just um, say something there? Because that really resonates yeah. with me when you say like, um, when you said there that, sorry, my brain is melted. <laughs> that was really important. Bear yeah. with me, Alan, you'll have to edit this. Mm. Um, when you said that. Was oh, it the you, you just syndrome? Said, no, yeah, when you, you just said there, like, I don't even feel like I'm sick enough to be talking about this. Like I, mm. that really resonates with me because I spent so long of my life saying that to myself. I was like, Jesus, you think that that was bad? such a person has this or there's people fucking dying yeah. in the Sudan like get your shit together and like it's so bad for you that crack isn't it mm. you know like minimising your own yeah. like I, I'm pretty certain that that thought or, or, or way of thinking almost drove me to complete insanity you know so I just think I found that really interesting yeah. that you, you felt the same way and with all aspects of it like I mean I would I would have found myself going through a phase of like chomping down on laxatives like they were going out of fashion and saying to myself but you're like what's that that's not anorexia that's mm. not specific so mm. therefore mm. that's not really anything so you can just sweep that under the carpet get on with it you know and unless you have a specific title sure you can you know where are you going with it you're not you don't know who to go to for the help that's how i felt anyway at the time probably it probably sounds silly now, but that's that's my mind. No, not at all. And I think it's a, it's an extremely it's an extremely expo- uh, common experience around eating disorders. You know, we think of bulimia, we think of throwing up, you know, binging and burging, and we think of anorexia of, you know, deprivation. But you know, laxatives are you know they are the same. You know, they 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 serve the same purpose. You're just purging out of a different end, essentially, rather than fingers down the throat exactly. kind of thing. Yeah. yeah, you know, I've had clients that. They would go to various different chemists on various different weeks buying boxes of laxatives, so it wouldn't be, uh, it wouldn't flagged. be so so transparent that they are. Yeah, yeah it wouldn't yeah. be flagged as an issue. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, be as honest as, as as you feel safe to be. You know, and your experience. Yeah. You know, don't don't let that critical part come in and tell you yours isn't isn't valid or isn't you know isn't as it's not as bad as anyone else your experience is your experience and michelle you you mentioned it there as well and i i experience there's not a week goes by where i don't have a conversation where i have to say it to people it's all relative this this is your experience and and i think it's a particularly irish thing as well because because we're brought up that oh sure there's fucking starving babies in africa and, and all this kind of yeah. thing like you know and it it, it does serve to dis, to diminish what we're going through yeah. And, you know, big picture perspective uh, can be good. You know, it can be good to go, well, look, Jesus, yeah, there is starving babies on the streets and there's homeless and there's all of that. But not to the point where you're smiling through clenched teeth, trying to tell yourself everything is great. Because sometimes it's but fucking there's no, shit. There's no harm in, yeah, there's no harm in owning it, though. Exactly, yeah. You know what I mean? yeah. I'm, I'm here chatting to you for a reason. I have a choice. I can, I can 
you know, tell you my story or I can tell you everything is fine. And mm. who am I going to help then? You know what I mean? Yeah. If there's a possibility yeah. that anyone listening, I don't know what sort of listenership you have, but if there was somebody listening, and this was my thought earlier when the nerves were building up, I was like, oh, mm. here, what are you doing? What are you, you know, <laughs> what are you playing at? Mm. No, there might be somebody that's listening that might say, actually, here, that's going on or something similar is going I, on. I, I can tell you with know, absolute certainty, Arlene, that, that, that this will resonate. And I, and I know, uh, you know, particularly there when you, when you mentioned around the depression, Michelle, you've experienced a depression, I've experienced a depression, you put the mask on. You know, yeah. people don't yeah. because, you know, you, you hide it as much as possible. Yeah. And thousand yeah, percent absolutely. people, people listening to this are going, oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've done that. I do that. And it's the toughest thing in the world as well to drag yourself out of bed when you're in that state and face the world. And I find it's rare now I allow myself to dwell when I hit a low point, but I will, I'll force myself to get out. It's difficult. It's exhausting. And mm. you know yourself, if, yeah. if either of you suffer from depression, even the simplest task, like brushing your teeth, mm. is like a major challenge. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. particularly an issue, it seems, a recurrent thing with people who suffer from bipolar disorder, that brushing your teeth in the morning seems to be this major hurdle. Like, mm. <laughs> I, I, I've seen, I've heard it mentioned before, um, and I can relate, and you don't, you don't want to wash. You'd yeah. rather wallow in your own filth, mm. literally in the bed, and sometimes yeah. you do. Yeah, you know, um, all the time. Yeah, that's very so, common. Like yeah, I would have experienced that a lot. Yeah, I think there's an element of well, what's there. the point? <laughs> yeah, sure. sure why bother? Or that's that's just. That, that, yeah, that write it off, but they write it off as you know, Asher. Look, I'm down. But you know, if if this is following a pattern, if this is happening. You know, and it's not just down, it's maybe suicidal thoughts and whatnot. You know, you've got to then say to yourself, look, I have to I have to try and get this sorted because it, it can be it can be maintained. It can be or you can be treated for it. You know, mm-hmm. there's medication. God invented antidepressants for a reason. You know, <laughs> and I believe that there shouldn't be a stigma uh, around them, which there tends to be. You know, I've had people say to me like, well, you know, we're all a bit bipolar. Or you don't look <laughs> or, uh, the best one the best one was sure that'll wear off oh, you know, like, like, uh, okay uh we're not talking mm. about false tan here mary um, <laughs> you know, so they don't know what to do with it and yeah. again i suppose when yeah. i think back if somebody said oh you're one round the ro- around the corner there is bipolar that would have scared me so there mm. is an element of fear and particularly with us as a nation, we are kind of we we're kind of still learning, aren't we, mm. about these yeah. things? And there's a lot of kind of uncertainty. But uh, yeah, I went to my GP as I said, and then she referred me to a clinic. And for a number of months, they bandied around the diagnosis. They didn't want to commit, and I thought that was brilliant that they they didn't mm. just say, "Okay, it's this, and there's your tablets, and go away." They really monitored, and um, they got me to to jot down a, a mood diary and whatnot mm. and just keep note. And as it turned out then, I was suffering from, well, I knew anyway, extreme mood swings, but there was more emphasis on the depression than the hypomania. Yeah. So yeah. they came back with the diagnosis of bipolar 2, which, as you know, yeah. isn't yeah. as extreme as bipolar 1, but it's still, you know it still can be debilitating yeah so just just to let people know for anyone that didn't listen to our previous episode with palmer and bipolar so bipolar one is 
you know that is the bipolar that's that's the manic highs and the and the low lows the mania the manic phase you know you're you'll clean out your bank accounts you'll take off you'll you know you commit to all of these uh, really manic kind of episodes and that's that's how it's kind of defined uh, it used to be known as manic depression they've changed that so i think probably anyone of our generation would have would have known the term of oh, manic depressive but it's it's been changed to bipolar so bipolar one being the, the high highs and the low lows and what what you experienced then arlene with the with the type two is more so the the low lows and long periods of low lows is that your experience yeah and i think that's probably why it took so long um for well even for me to re- fully realize what was going on because there was so much emphasis on the lows that i never re- really understood when i was when i was manic shall we say mm. i just wrote that off as sure in, you're in great form and so mm. what if you're you know breaking into your sister's house to clean it for her when she's away that's totally normal <laughs> that was something you did early <laughs> Siri, ah, well, I like to clean. I'm not going to lie to you. Jesus, kind of, <laughs> Arlene, you won't have to break into my place. I leave the key out for you. <laughs> Good man, no problem. Go no mad. Problem. Uh, Sorry, that is just I, one of I, the I'm best things a... I've ever heard. <laughs> so what if you're breaking into your sister's house and mm. she's away to clean? Like, who oh, gives a really fuck? Look at me kitchen. Look, She'd be grand. Yeah, <laughs> look at that fucking sparkling. I have a key, okay? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll leave the key under the mat. I'll, I'll schedule some mania for you, Alan, for yeah. the next two weeks and uh, just send us on your old address there. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was the thing. There was just so many lows that the highs just did, weren't so obvious but when I think back again there was all these racing thoughts I'd be driving home in the evening and I'd be like have to get in have to do this have to have to you know pick up the dog shit before the dog steps in it my mind would be racing I'd be Mm. an hour away from home yet I'd be like in a sweat thinking about things that I needed to do or or song lyrics would be going through my head you know it'd be one line over and over again just it just I needed to slow it down you know I I found at times that I was coming very close to maybe launching an attack on somebody. And I'm not a violent person. Mm. But when I was when I was wired, I would be agitated. Mm. And like I was working in a place one time and I remember saying to my boss, I had to go down to the office and I said, Look, I need to take a couple of days off. I don't know why, but I'm very close to telling somebody here in the place to fuck off. Like one of the, sorry, pardon my, my language. No, no, go ahead. But uh, I was very close to telling a customer to fuck off. Any mm. customer that came near me. And I thought, there's something not right here. So, yeah, again, when you when you hit a low and you're struggling to get out of bed and you're having terrible, dark thoughts, that overshadows the, as I said, the hypomania, which thankfully was, was just that. And it was, was never something that uh, rendered me a... You know, a candidate for for a, a psychiatric hospital or anything. Do you know, it, it's never got to the point where I've been, I've been that wired that I've I've needed to be committed. And mm. the same, I suppose, with my lows. I would have said to my psychiatrist that in the middle of a low, I could be just walk going about my business, and all of a sudden this thought will come to me, and it'll be, I want to kill myself. I want to kill myself, and I might say this a few times you know, over the space of an hour or whatever. And I'm thinking to myself, where did that come from? I'm pretty sure I don't want to kill myself. Mm. You know, um, but other than that, no, it's never been, I've never been at that point where, thankfully, um, I've I've needed to go in for treatment. 
Mm. People people with bipolar disorder, the risk of suicide is 15 to 20 times higher than the, the general population. And between 25% and 50% of people with bipolar attempt suicide. Have, have, have you gone beyond the suicidal thoughts, the suicidal attempts or, or self-harm in the past with it, Arlene? Yeah, I have, Alan. Yeah. And yeah. again, I think, Jesus Christ, my poor mother now, if she's listening to this, I might tell her it was all cancelled. It just didn't happen, Mammy. They didn't want to interview me. <laughs> so what she is Look, just, just yeah, go yeah. whatever whatever when feels safe for you, Arlene. Yeah. 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 When I was much younger, yeah. Um, and it was... I... There was a couple of different occasions. The first time I managed to get away with it without... Well, there was one person that was there with me. Um, I took an overdose and she was my best friend and she sat with me all night you know she held my hair back and she kept me awake and she looked after me and yeah I shielded my parents from the reality of that Um, I started to cut myself then as a teenager and I remember going up to Nace Hospital one time for physiotherapy and the nurse spotted it and she was like eh what's that all about now and I said eh cat scratches now unless the cat had got a, a blade and <coughs> you know, really meticulously marked out things mm. on my arm. That, that certainly wasn't done by a cat. Um, but, yeah, we just, she let that slide. I know maybe she should have. Is that how she handled it? I mean, you, you weren't dealt with any kind of compassion rather than just, uh, hey, what's the story yeah. there? Like, No, not so much, no. But then again, I was there. What age were you at that time then, Arlie? physio, um, 16. Surely she would have had a... Yeah some sort of responsibility to report that to a parent but you know it is what it is you know Mm. it's fine it's and i think at the time it was something i grew out of and i i'm glad that attention wasn't brought to it because i would have been absolutely mortified i really would you know and i would have broke my mom and dad's heart so Mm. and i know that's not a way to look at it you really should be looking at it yeah i suppose what i'm I'm thinking when i hear that arlene though is how much your heart must have been breaking to to do that at the time of what you were going through and what you were going through alone yeah absolutely but you know i'm living Arlene, can i just say something like i 100 percent understand that how you feel there like my family don't know half of what's happened to me in my life and I actively, as you said, trying, I don't know if they'll ever know. Like I spend my life trying to hide it from them. So yeah, I, I fully understand what you're saying. Like it's, you. yeah, it's very, um, and I don't know, maybe through counselling as well as I go on, maybe that'll change for me too. But I 100% understand you saying that. Like I know exactly what that feels like. Yeah. What, what do you think your motivation is behind that, Michelle, of, of not telling them? I guess it's protecting them, isn't it? You know? Mm. Yeah. Would that have been the same for yourself, Arlene? Sorry, Michelle. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 For sure. Like, I see my mother as this fragile little, (laughs) little case, but she's not by, by no means. She's a strong Mm. woman. Like, my dad passed away in 2018 and, like, she is, like, she's amazing the way she, she's just picked herself up and got on with it. Of course, she's devastated. She's lost her, her partner of mm. 40 odd years but you know she's fiercely independent now and yeah i i say look geez i have to shield mommy from this and protect her from that and whatever else but i mean i'm not the parent 
You know, yeah. I know I'm not a child now, but yeah. she's big enough and ugly enough to, I suppose, take certain things now and, and you know, take them on board. And can, can I put something to you, perhaps, as, as a parent, I suppose, uh, as I said to you? It would fucking crush me if I thought my children were going through anything like that and didn't tell me. I must uh, have to yeah. say, uh, if, if I knew they were in that much pain and suffering and they didn't tell me as a parent, that would that would kill me. Yeah, but what I would say to that is like, I have enough to be dealing with now than dealing with someone else's pain because of my pain. Do you know what I mean? Mm. I don't have time for that. Like, yeah, like, and, I'm, and I don't I'm, mean to be I'm short for that. Like, I can't. That's... I can't deal with like having to deal with their pain on my behalf. Like my own pain's enough. I don't. Does that it might sound really crass, but like or not crass, but like that no, might no, sound I know really where mean. you're coming from. Yeah, but I'm just like no, I and I on can't. The flip side. I can't explain. I don't, I'm no. I'm not able. I don't want to go explain and things. I just mm. no. Like maybe in time, but I'm I'm definitely not there yet. Anyway. Mm. On the flip side, now I feel like the feckin' Egypt that spewed my guts. Uh oh, should have just done what Michelle's doing. <laughs> No. Keep it quiet. <laughs> no, no, no. Just, just you know, both of you speak speak to your own experiences because that's all you can. But it's you know, it's an interesting that you both uh, and I know you're not alone in that. You're both coming it from the same place um, of protecting, you know, looking after other people in it, but yeah. going through it then on your own. You know, that's that's a really difficult exactly. place for for everyone to be in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. What what led up to the initial diagnosis of the bipolar for Arlene? What what did life look like prior to it? And what how did it come about that that the diagnosis was made? Well, I suppose I mentioned my dad there, and he passed away in two thousand and eight. And it was I'm desperate with time now. I suppose it was sometime in two thousand and sorry two thousand and eighteen. My dad passed away. It was two thousand and nineteen when um when I was diagnosed. So I suppose when that happened, it was unexpected and it was like somebody had dropped an atomic bomb on my family. Mm. We had no, daddy was there and then he was gone, you know, and that was it. He had a heart attack. There was no warning. And uh, I suppose the fallout from that then, I suppose, sent me into a bit of a spiral. And that could have been the final nail in the coffin, no pun intended, I suppose. Mm. Mm. For me, you know, and... It either, I don't know, maybe it heightened things, maybe it, um, because you know the way when something like that happens in your life, it can, it can trigger, it can trigger like bipolar disorder, Mm. you know. Mm. So the death of your dad just kind of, that was kind of, as you said, a final nail. I think so, yeah. Yeah. As you look back now, Arlene, do you think a diagnosis and, and, uh, the medication or the or the medical assistance, if you had it maybe years prior, do you think life would have been much different for you? Yeah, I think so. I do. Mm. But then again, I can't deny certain experiences, say over the years, and particularly particularly when I was gigging and stuff, when I was away from home, that um, you know, would have depressed anyone. So yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can't. You know. Um, yeah, look, I'm, I, yeah, I'm sure it would have been it would have been a good thing had it been picked up on sooner. But um, where I had been, I, I had been put on antidepressants at one point many years ago for a short period of time, and I don't think it made any difference. But thankfully now, after a bit of kind of juggling and playing around with meds and dosage and whatnot, 
I'm in a great place, Alan. I like I, I get up in the morning. I suppose I take my medication before my feet hit the floor, and I need to take them. Mm. And I take them then again at bedtime, and you know, I, I don't have a problem. I'm pretty much on an even keel now, shall we say? It's been a mm. while since really I've had good. any major dip. Yeah. So I think now, um. Yeah, I think the future's bright, if I'm being honest. You know, I really do. I'm in mm. a good place career-wise. I'm, like, you know, working on things now. I have a new album coming out. I'm I'm doing bits and pieces. I'm keeping active. I'm being very, very focused and positive about my career and everything. You know, my health as well. So, I mean, I'm not... I think I'm, I'm really doing my myself a favour with that mindset. Yeah. I know at the end of the day, a lottery win won't help you if you're depressed. No. Your, your bedridden <laughs> but uh, there is a lot to be said for having a positive outlook mm. a realistically positive outlook yeah mm. of course yeah without smiling through cleansed teeth that's a, so nice a drawer full of meds <laughs> <laughs> um, you mentioned it the gigging and touring around Arlene it isn't the glamour that everyone you know imagines it to be <laughs> It's not, you know, or it can be, say, where you'd have one brilliant night with a, yeah. a huge crowd in the theatre or something, and the next night you're playing in Bally Go Backwards. Oh, you yeah. Find yourself <laughs> at one o'clock in the morning, loading the gear into the back of the van, covered in somebody else's vomit. Oh, that Jesus. is <laughs> the reality of it. Yeah, mm. yeah. So, um, look, it's a great life. It's, it's, a, it's a great business to be involved in but it's it's not for the faint-hearted and i think at this point now i mean i've been singing professionally since i was 17 mm. and you're a baby going out into the world arlene you know 17 leaving home I was, and i sure was yeah. yeah but you know what alan i had street smarts even then i could spot a gobshite a million miles away clearly not if you're on the podcast with me arlene <laughs> well <laughs> wait till i get to your house to do the yeah. thing, you know? <laughs> i get a bit more insight but um, yeah, it's it's a uh, yeah, it's a colourful life, and it's it kind of, in one sense, it sort of works against the the plan that I'm on, say with <laughs> with my doctor. Insofar as like I take Seroquel, and you know that that medication is an antipsychotic, and it mm. also helps you sleep. So I'm there, kind of thinking to myself, well, at what time at night do I take this if I'm on stage you know yeah <laughs> trying, to, like trying to manage it yeah. drop off at half eleven yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, you know you find you find balance and look at, at the minute it's not an issue because we haven't worked properly since last March yeah. you know um, and there's kind of no end in, end in sight to this this madness the musicians seem to be the last one to be you know last on the list there mm. when it comes to getting back to work so um yeah, it's not really an issue for me now, but all the while we're working away in the background doing promotional bits and bobs. As I said, we're releasing an album. I have a band, my own band called Bailey, and we have an album coming out shortly. And uh, we recorded a new video there the other night. So you know, at least we're keeping the hand in. And yeah, it's, it's yeah. good for the. What was it? What was it like for you, Arlene? You know, to go from a working musician to just nothing, just gone, career gone. Well, I'm decidedly anti-social, Alan, so when <laughs> there was a mention of a lockdown, I thought, well, brilliant, I'm going to have a couple of weeks now where I get to... to mm. <laughs> Co- couple of weeks in the sun, that was, yeah, that was, so that was lovely at the start, yeah. yeah. Um, I actually, I, I found it fine, yeah, I am naturally reclusive, I really am, and I, I enjoyed the break, 
and my boyfriend he's he's in the band with me he hadn't had a weekend off i'd say in 30 years so yeah we didn't know what to do with ourselves mm-hmm. but at this point now it's kind of like ah here come on like <laughs> we yeah. need to get back out there you know so it'll all come together i'm sure what well, what's helped you to get through get through lockdown i mean have you just enjoyed not having gigs at the weekend etc or uh, you know, how how have well, you managed that yeah i've missed I've missed the money. I'll be honest, mm, with you. but mm-hmm. um, the uh, I have I have rescue animals. I have um, three dogs. I see Michelle smiling. <laughs> Michelle just gave a big yeah. grin there. <laughs> do you like dogs, Michelle? Oh yeah. Is the dogs do. you like? Yeah, I bought yeah. all of them. I rescued. <clears throat> yeah, same. Yeah, I'm more of a dog person, but I rescued a, a pug from the KWWSPCA, um, and a collie and a beagle cross with a terrier um from ash animal rescue um and they're all i'm telling you it, it is it's a bit of a madhouse <laughs> being included obviously because they're all rescues they're all quirky and they have their own little they all have their own issues <laughs> yeah they really do you know but um yeah all fun and games with them i suppose when you're an animal lover and you're stuck at home with them 24 7 sure it's great crack you know um, and the lizard uh, is called Nigel. He lives in a box in a spare room. I, I, I don't really have much dealings with him because <laughs> that's a little heebie-jeebie for me. My boyfriend takes care of him. And every now and again, I'll say to him, like, have you fed Nigel? Because I don't ever go in there, you know? <laughs> I don't need to know what's going on. And if you know what lizards eat, it's not very pleasant. So Yeah. Yeah, so cats and dogs are keeping me occupied. And I, I weight train a lot. I'm, I'm big into my gym, so I train at home. Have you found that helped? Does that help with the, on the mental health side, the, the exercise, Arlene? Yeah, of course it does, yeah. But mm. I had actually, um, I competed a couple of times mm. in uh, bikini competitions. Mm. So it's gas, like for somebody who had uh, such body issues and, and issues surrounding food, I I placed at RIBBF in 2017, I I I really? placed third in the bikini competition. So I had managed to build up, like I had bulked for nine months. And of course that played with the, the head as well because mm. I was thinking, oh my God, I'm an elephant, which I actually was. Somebody described me as looking <laughs> as if I had been dunked in a pot of my own fat. <laughs> Jesus. And there was no truer word said. No, like seriously, it was a really good description of what I looked like. And then from there I had to cut. So I don't know if you know anything about the mm. body Explain that for people. Um, you know, yeah, explain it. So, yeah, so I was just a normal kind of, let's say I was a size 10, normal, straight up and down, no major curves, no muscles. I mm-hmm. trained for, I, I, I trained for one competition and I didn't play. So I went back to the drawing board and bulked. So I ate uh, like chicken and rice and pasta and stuff like that. And I heavy lifted for nine months. So there was a decent amount of muscle mass under a hefty layer of fat, shall mm-hmm. I say. And then for the last, um, and worked with a personal trainer who advised me all the way along the line. She was amazing. But um, for the last then 12 weeks, you cut. So you strip back on your food and you're gone then to salad and white fish and green beans and egg whites and terribly boring stuff. Oh, look at, you know, the only way I could, I think I managed to power through was the control. Um, yeah. Some part of bipolar in me helped me along the way because i was mm. like you're a machine you know you're just mm. you're just totally and utterly 
transfixed on this now and you're transfixed on the prize and you do whatever you have to do and yeah look in one way it was handy to have issues with food because when it came to cutting i was like yeah i've got this I know yeah. how to do this, I this is this is familiar myself and go hungry mm. <laughs> i can do this but uh yeah um so yeah look I, I managed to place and that was something i did and something i'm proud of i don't jesus i'm not involved in that industry anymore i train now for you know to be healthy and mm. to be fit what prompted it for you to, to, to begin with arlene started seeing a few few people like Orla Hopkins is a girl who competed before and I came across her pictures on Facebook and I said by Jesus I want to do that I want to do that so I just went to Emma Bowden who was my trainer and I said look this is what I want to do and we we trained together or she trained trained me and, mm. and gave me dietary advice right the way through and yeah I have a big shiny trophy sitting on my mantelpiece now mm at home that I'm very proud of and you know I suppose the, the child in me that had issues with food said you know I did that I stood on stage in a teeny tiny bikini mm. and flashed my arse to half a limerick and <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> I, I just another I day for anyone in limerick <laughs> yeah <laughs> do you know it was just a little a personal achievement I suppose mm. that and I, I'm looking at your I'm looking at your Instagram post you were absolutely tiny at the time, Arlene. Yeah, but are you looking at the bikini shot? Yeah. Yeah, the the competition pictures are. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, tiny, but 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 still ripped. Oh, it's lean. You know? <laughs> yeah, there's yeah. that that yeah. that's not shading or in around the abs. Yeah, I can tell you now. I consumed about six thousand calories that night in in wine, chocolate, and dinner, <laughs> just as a celebration. And I'd say I <laughs> the hilarious thing with that is you put on half a stone in a matter of days. Do you know the fallout is horrendous? But right. Sure, look at you know it was an experience. And yeah, what's what's the other side of that then? As as you come out of that, Arlene, what what you uh, know? Yeah, it's not good. It's not good, and that's why I said, look, and particularly when Daddy died, I was considering doing another competition, and I said, what am I playing at? Life's too short. Eat the food. You know, I mean, mm. everything in in moderation and mm. even balance, but this depriving yourself crack when you don't know what's around the corner you don't know what's around the corner for you or a family member you know why and life can be miserable enough so why add to that so yeah. i enjoy my bread now i enjoy my wine i occasionally get hung up because those voices come back you know they they niggle at me and and i i have issues and then i just say you know what my dad used to say something really simple and it was put it out of your head babs <laughs> whatever yeah. it was just put it out of your head mm -hmm. and it's simple but for some reason it works and i say no put that out of your head put it out of your head and just focus on good things and you know if you're looking a bit flabby get up off your arse and do a workout you know you'll feel better and you know it's i'm just i think it's taken me this long lads to kind of sort of find myself <laughs> and i i reckon i will be uh 60 70 year old woman with no filter and no fucks you know? <laughs> zero like, fucks again, given yeah 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 and i'm sorry i keep i keep swearing here but oh that's jesus funny because I've you clearly haven't listened so to the podcast before with me arlene you say you say you found yourself now arlene what have you found well that sounds a bit maybe kooky but no, no, no. i think i'm just in i'm in a, in a much better place i I'm in a good relationship. I I own my own home. I I I don't allow stress to come through my door. I mm. 
I like to surround myself with positive people. I have a small number of really brilliant friends. Um, my family are extremely supportive and I'm doing what I love to do, you know, in terms of that's, career. So I can't complain. That's really nice. You know, I'm on. That's so nice. Thanks, Michelle. Yeah. And again, yeah. I bring it back to the medication thing. Sometimes, sometimes people need antidepressants they're nothing to be ashamed of mm. um i'm on a combination of antidepressants and antipsychotics that's the balance that works for me you know i've often heard people say they don't want to oh, i don't want my family member to be taking those things oh, yeah, if, yeah, it was, yeah. if it was something for diabetes if it was something for you know another ailment mm. why why the stigma for mental health and it's you know yeah and day, i used to be on seroquel as now, well you know? actually um Arlene, the same, I used to be on the same combination that you are. And I always found that whatever about telling people you're on antidepressants, the minute you say you're on antipsychotics, mm. fucking hell, the look to get that. I'm like, whoa, yeah. whoa, I, I don't <coughs> think my, my counsellors and doctors have assured me I'm not at risk of a psychosis. I'm not likely to go mental and start shooting everyone in a minute. Yeah. Are, you know, but the minute you say antipsychotics, they're like, whoa, this bitch is really crazy. <laughs> <laughs> this bitch crap. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I've had people in the past, now before anyone knew and before even I knew what the diagnosis was, I had people ask me if I was on drugs. Now, <laughs> as in other kinds of drugs. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. take serious offence to that. I'm very, I'm actually very anti-drugs. Fine for, you know, if somebody else wants to do it, grab. Mm. I'm not going to be in their company. I don't take drugs, but I guess they were looking at things like my Instagram and my Facebook. And when I think back now, there was an awful lot of erratic posts put up, like <laughs> during hypomania mm. phases where I'd be, I'd find myself film, filming myself talking to snails and uh, sausages on the grill and just outlandish <laughs> things that I used to post. And of course, you can see why people would think that one's mm. screw loose for sure. Or she's, <laughs> she's taken something there on the weekends. <laughs> And it's not just wine, but mm. no, no, it was, it's obviously all part of the, the issue. Michelle, you made the point last week as well of the stigma around medication for, for mental health. People would have seen the, the video I put up uh, with that clip because it is an important point to make. I remember seeing a great meme before that if you can't make your own serotonin, store-bought is fine. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, yeah. and it, it is, why, why do we have that, that, that stigma, you know, that, yeah. Yeah, like that, if you're a diabetic and you, you you required medication. Excellent. No one's going, Jesus, yeah, great. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Jesus, whatever helps you get through the day, you know, whatever helps you to live. Oh, yeah. I'm a full believer of doing whatever it takes to make mm. you feel better or cope or simply get through the day. Do you know what I mean? Um, but yeah. yeah. And do you find, Michelle, have you kind of pinpointed all your triggers as well in terms of, like I know, for example, one of mine is, is wine. If I drink too much, um, I know that you know because it's an antidepressant. Mm. Sorry, it's sorry, it's a depressant. It's a depressant. It's, yeah. antidepressant. Yeah. it's a, a depressant. Depressant. So mm. with that in mind, I know Jesus, be careful. Don't go, you know, hell for leather at the weekends or something. Is there something that you can see as well? That, that yeah. Oh yeah, alcohol would be the same for me as well. Yeah. I well, I wouldn't tend to drink if I was fit. Not not now. I mean, I used to self medicate with alcohol, but I wouldn't tr drink now if I wasn't in a good headspace. I would avoid it, and yeah. I would only drink when I'm in good yeah. form want to have the crack but i would still be very conscious that the next day is going to be a whole different kettle of fish so of course don't yeah. go mad yeah because you know it's it's not the worth it just isn't worth it is it no no absolutely not no sure no it's not worth it and you're there going right that's it now i've got to jump off the roof because there's no other way of getting through this 
So yeah. for a few drinks, like, I don't know, I know I'm making a joke there, but like sometimes you'd be that bad. So um, is that yeah. depressed or anxious the next day for yourself? Oh, it's, the, it's, the, it's the absolute and it's the it's the anxiousness from the mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. overconsumption yeah. of alcohol. It's the fear like multiplied it's, by 7,000, isn't it? Really? Yeah, it's, it's, 7,000 squillion. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, but yeah, no, I do, I do know some things like that, but I'm still learning as well. And, and one thing I'm kind of trying to accept now lately is in my head, I'm always like, I just need to go back. You know, if I could just get back <laughs> to this time, you know, and I, I'm really trying yeah. to talk myself around to like, no, that shit, that day is done. Like you're, you're a new person now, like stop looking, going back because you were never fucking sane even back then, bit, <laughs> you know? Yeah, and try not to have regrets, I guess. Regrets yeah. are kind of pointless, aren't they? You know? Yeah. So um, I'm always like, do you know what? Maybe well I'll never be able like to drink like I was able to. And that's fine, you know? Yeah. We had Connor Harris on uh, a few weeks ago from Davy's Tough Asim and he was speaking around addiction and he made a great point. Uh, it's a great episode for anyone that hasn't listened to it. He, has, he is wise beyond his years. But he made the great point around his addiction. Like, Look, there's only two things in life I can't do. It's drink and take drugs. It's only two things. Everything else in my life I can do. Yeah. Just those two things. That's yeah. all I can't do. <laughs> and that's... Well, if, like, if you're... If you have an issue, sorry, and you're adding mind-altering substances mm. into the mix, you mm. know, it's, come on, it's fuel to the fire, really, isn't it? Mm. So Yeah. I might pass yeah. on that bottle of wine tonight, so. We're <laughs> 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 after talking you uh, down. Sorry about that, Arlene. Kind of, oh, These bastards are after depressing me. I was grand earlier. <laughs> Full of crack, up for the drink. I, I'd be like Tommy, Tommy Tiernan on the bus on Father Ted. <laughs> <laughs> heading off. Craggy Island. Yeah. Oh, yeah. big sad face. You, you'll tank us in the morning, Arlene. Yeah. You'll be cursing us over now. Arlene, I just want to say, though, I, I think um, I'm really inspired, you know, by you coming and talking because um, it's like, as you said there, it's, it's so nice, even for me, like someone who's going through things at the moment, and it's really nice to hear someone else speak of their own experience and be like, oh my God, that's exactly like, so whether. If no other person listens to this podcast and resonates with what you've said, it, it has with me. So thank you. Um, thank you for sharing that. And likewise, and that. Michelle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just, just to hear somebody else say, I'm on antipsychotics, <laughs> really yeah. puts me at ease. Mm. You know, I'm like, Jesus, yeah. I'm not alone. You know, and again, for people to understand that it's not a scary thing. You know, you seem like you're, you know... Fairly well adjusted. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. There's that mask and we spoke about earlier. <laughs> yeah, I know, but it's just, it's, you know, there are people out there that they don't necessarily seem to the average eye like they have a, an yeah. issue. And, you know, yeah. everyone has something going on, don't they? You mm. know? Yeah. yeah. I think that's the problem as well is that the uh, quotation marks normal people with uh, with the issues everyone thinks psychotic or bipolar that you know hospitalization and you know shouting at people walking down the street and you know clearly um psychiatric issues but you know for the people on the again the quotation marks normal end of the spectrum that can fall through the cracks that go through it alone that that suffer in that suffer in silence because they're not bad enough really to to really get picked up by the system so it's it's great that you can normalize and go yeah look i'm a musician yeah. i'm i'm a business person and i exist and i continue with my life and but i also have i also have these issues yeah 
No, I yeah. think it's really important. And I kind of made it a, a little decision with myself this year as well. And I'm like, I'm I'm not going to hide that anymore. Like, I understand that it potentially could affect me gaining employment in the future. That's a fact, sad one, but it's the truth. However, I'm never going to lie about, I'm not going to hide, not so much lie about any medication because it could so easily help someone else or or counselling, not just medication, you know. Mm. If I'm seeing a, like at the minute, you know, I'm seeing a GP, a psychiatrist, a psychologist about my mental health, you know, there's three doctors involved. Mm. Don't care. That's what I need right now. Mm. Yeah. I'm yeah, still getting up going to work do. every day, you know, having a yeah. lovely days, like. No, I was just going to say that my both my psychiatrist and my psychotherapist broke up with me recently. They set me free into the big bad world. <laughs> oh, run that's free so good. for the next couple of years. Yeah, yeah, run free, and you know where we are if you need us. Mm, thing. Mm. So, yeah. Sorry, Alan. What were you going to say there? No, I was. Go- I was just going to say. You know, you're 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 working on the album. You're you're carrying. You're not on on stage at the gigs. But do you want to tell everyone where they can where they can find uh, your music and how they can find out about yourself from from that point of view? Yeah, absolutely. So my Instagram um, handle is Arlene Bailey One. Um, on Facebook, it's Arlene Bailey, and then the band is Bailey on Facebook. B A I L E Y. So, um, that's it. Yeah, and um, our album will be, I suppose, it'll be on Spotify and all the similar kind of uh, spots. From I suppose it'll be up in the next couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, look, there's if you dig deep, deep, you'll find plenty of. Uh, scandalous articles and things online about me <laughs> <laughs> hopefully it won't be too long before you're flogging the cd at gigs well that's it Alan. yeah no it was more i was going to say more a, a selection of dodgy haircuts michelle michelle gave herself a haircut a few weeks ago so she's she's laughing she took to the fringe yeah right how did that work oh, out no no Damn joy it. then arlena well i look if you've ever seen wayne's world I look something akin to Garth, the dude with the glasses, because I have the very same glasses as well and the same hair now. Lovely. So that's what I look yeah, like right now. Yeah, growing out as opposed to down. Oh, fuck, it's desperate. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, be grand, it'll grow. Yeah. I'm, sure, I'm sure you're gorgeous anyway. Don't worry about it. Of course he is. Thank you, Arlene, for, for your honesty and thank Thanks you for so being so for candid around your experience. Really and for being it. so brave. Mm, absolutely. It's not thank easy. You. I know, I know how, what it is myself. I, I've, I often throw things out on this as well, and I'm like, what the fuck, I did not tell you. And then I message him. I'm like, take that out, take that out, take that out, take that out, take it out, take it out, take it out. So I'll see. What's going to happen tomorrow is I will have drank a bottle of wine tonight, and tomorrow morning I'll have that dreaded fear multiplied by seven squillion and I'll be contacting you going take this out <laughs> just oh, leave in hello and goodbye and we call yeah. it <laughs> yeah. so a huge thank you to Arlene for coming on and giving us another side of uh, bipolar we hope you like what you heard if you do give us a rate and subscribe leave a comment I've plugged it all already guys do it do what you can it really helps it's a frustrating thing trying to manage social media and how to limit posts etc like that so anything you can do to help us would be a huge huge difference if you'd like to get in touch with us as Shauna did, as Arlene did, to tell her story, you can email us at hello at stmhpodcast.com. You can follow us on Twitter, SCRA Talking Pod. We're on Facebook, we're on Instagram, you know how to get us. Big shout out to Fionn for the podcast music you're about to hear. I need to make a correction from last week's episode. I'm fully prepared to admit when I'm wrong. I mistakenly gave Fionn the props for the, the mind is a terrible thing to waste line from Gangstar. That was me old buddy P. P put that one in. 
And, uh, and all the times I've been going with Fiona, I was like, because Fiona's only a nipper. I was like, she's fair play to him. He's, he's up on his 90s hip hop. I should have known. Pete, I apologise, man. You, you, dropped a, you dropped a banger of a sample in there. But Fiona is pretty good at what he does. And you'll find him on all of the social media. He'll hook you up with the beats. He'll 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 sort you out. He's a, he's a good dude. And a big shout out to Aideen at Digital Design Lab, who gave us a handout with the graphics in the past. That's it for us, folks. And a huge thank you to, to Arlene. She's going to leave you with her words of wisdom or what she has taken from this life. Look after yourself, folks. Look after each other. Bye. Every week, Arlene, we try to offer some words of wisdom, some, you know, alternative inspirational quotes or mottos or life philosophies that uh, for, for people to live by. Is there anything you, you'd put out there? Any mottos or any any things you've learned along the way that you'd like to you'd like to share with everyone around the world? Well, no pressure. Um, no. <laughs> um, I suppose, look, do you know what? If if I've learned anything, even just from this evening, it's to to just speak out. Don't mm. be afraid to talk to somebody. Just pull one person aside that that you know you can you can trust and talk to. And if you're having problems, do it. I you know, I feel like a weight's been lifted off from having said what I've said to you now. You know, Correct. and I've I've told you things that I, I suppose really I haven't nice. I haven't really told anyone. So, <laughs> um, yeah. Look, it's that's that's uh, that's all I can say is just rather than letting things fester i suppose yeah in hindsight it, i i i probably should have spoken out sooner and maybe things wouldn't have been as big a, an issue or come to a head in the way they did but here i am anyway but I, that's just my advice don't be don't bottle it up the mind is a terrible thing to